There are some truly terrifying and unexplainable happenings going on all across this strange world. The Earth seemingly has non-stop stories of cryptid creatures, paranormal entities, supernatural monsters, and interdimensional beings. These viewers today sent in their allegedly true experiences with all of these said things. These stories you're going to hear today come from real-life viewers just like yourself who allegedly encountered unexplainable things. If you have a story that you would like to share that's also unexplainable, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Airbnb Creature Sighting by Katie M. It was a cold March night, much more complicated than usual. My boyfriend and I decided to go into the hot tub in the back of our Airbnb that we were staying at. To be clear, we've stayed at this Airbnb before. Typically, we like to rent a room and the owners are typically there. They are good people. Maybe in their mid-60s, I never really thought to ask because I didn't want to, you know, seem a little too prying. I know both of them were inside watching TV with their dog because I spoke with them on our way to the hot tub. The house is old, probably on 12 acres of land, and backs into a state park with a large lake. They have a decent-sized pond on their property which sits behind the house, just out of the reach of the lights on the house. While soaking in the hot tub, I felt weirdly like I was being watched. I flipped the way I was sitting so that instead of my back facing the property, it was now facing the house. About 50 yards away, a small section of trees is just before the pond. A light on the barn out there gives just enough light to hit the trees. Something caught my eye next to a tree. It stood on two legs and was as tall as the tree's lowest branch. I sat there for who knows how long just staring at it. My boyfriend could see that my look was very disconcerting and he could tell that I was freaked out. He asked me if I was okay. I couldn't really answer him. I slowly pointed my finger to the trees but kept it low enough that it wouldn't see. Of course, my boyfriend is blind and couldn't make out anything without his glasses. After what felt like hours but was only merely seconds, I told him we needed to go inside. I started to move slowly without losing sight of it but when I lifted my leg out of the water, it looked at me. It was like it was a wolf and a dog hybrid. The eyes almost glowed. It ran like a dog on all fours into the darkness towards the pond. I'm not sure I've ever seen an animal run so fast in my God-given life. I never heard a splash into the pond or even leaves or twigs snapping. I grabbed my towel and sprinted for the door when, at the same time, the homeowner opened the door to come out and toss more wood into their wood heater. The dog and the owner were inside the home when I ran in. I told them what I saw and she quickly ran outside to visit with my boyfriend and the other owner. No one walked off the porch, even the dog seemed a bit scared. The next day, I needed to know exactly how tall it was, so my boyfriend and I walked back up to the tree where it stood. My boyfriend is six foot tall and his arms straight up, he was probably still six to eight inches away from touching the branch. The next night we returned to the Airbnb late around 10pm. The moment I stepped out of the car, I knew I was being watched and could hear a weird high-pitched sound that was beginning to hurt my head. I wasn't drinking that night and I don't do drugs, so I was 100% sober. 
It's been a few days and I'm back home now, but I'm still on edge. I feel like I'm constantly being watched. My home backs up to a small section of woods, and I can't even bring myself to let my dog out back or open up the blinds and face the back at night. I'm just too scared to see that creature all over again. Winter Weirdness by Sam Hi, Swamp Dweller. I've been listening to you for almost two years now, and contemplating sharing some of my stories about my experiences. However, my sister told me I needed to share some of them, so I will share one of them now. If you'd like more from me, just let me know. For setup, I'm from Maine, and this takes place in the year of 2008, sometime during December, in Jay, Maine. My sister was six and I was eight. We were looking for our cat. His name was Panda, because he looked like a panda. But we couldn't find him anywhere in the house, so we thought he got outside again. We were kind of upset by this, because he's really not an outside cat. He likes to think he is, but you know how animals are. It was snowing outside pretty badly, so we went to see if we could find him. We step outside to try and find any clues as to where he may have went. We do see what looks like footprints going into the woods, so we follow them. Now, these woods are set behind our house. They're not too far, and they're not too thick, but they are pretty vast. We knew these woods fairly well because we had played in them several times. I had practically spent every day of the summer there. We had started walking and trying to look for them for about 20 minutes now. Or at least it felt like 20 minutes. As the weather picked up, the snow turned more into like a slight blizzard and we couldn't really see where we were going. So time perception was probably the last of my worries. My sister started to get scared and started crying. I told her we would be okay, make it back, and it'll all be fine. We eventually tried to turn around back toward the direction we thought the house was. But after some time, we still hadn't gotten to the place. And I knew we were hopelessly lost. But I tried not to show it. I thought of a way to escape this storm and return to our home. Then, suddenly, the blizzard around us stopped blowing where we were standing. And about ten feet around us, all I could see was calm snow. What I saw next... Honestly, I've never heard or seen anything about it anywhere online in all my research. It's something straight out of this world. A wolf walks out of a blizzard around us. It was about three feet taller than I was, and I was five feet at the time. It was pure white. Its eyes were a beautiful full blue. I then heard a gentle feminine voice say, One of my blood, why are you out here? I said we were looking for our cat. And as a kid, I didn't know any better or what to do about a telepathic wolf. Then, she said, Come with me, little ones. Come on my back. I'll take you home. You are not safe out here. She crouched down, we climbed on her back, and we started running in the opposite way we were going. Also, the blizzard seemed to not be blowing at us as it stopped, but I could still see it raging around us. After some time, we see our house. She started to slow down, and we came to the edge of the woods. She stopped, crouched, and then said, Go home, little ones. You must go. My sister and I ran to the door. Once we touched the door, the storm returned, hitting us in full force. I looked back and the wolf was gone. We went inside and my mom ran up to us and asked us where we had been. She said we had been gone for multiple hours at this point, somewhere between four and five. She was not alone, though. There were three cops in the house talking to her at the time. We told them exactly what happened and why we were outside. She didn't believe us. 
She wrapped us in warm blankets and sat us next to our fireplace. If anybody knows what that wolf was, I'd love to know because I can't find anything on it at all. I think it might have been my spirit animal, though. The Encounter at Cry Baby Bridge by Many Percentage 5331 So, it was mid-January, and my friends and I went on our monthly abandoned or scary car trip. One of my friends suggested we go to this supposedly haunted bridge called Cry Baby Bridge. Now, the Cry Baby Bridge is a common folklore motif of most of the Midwest, and although the bridges may be different in their stories, and, and although the bridges may be different geographically, their stories are very similar, respectively. One concerns a young mother who drowns her unwanted child in the river under the bridge and the infant's cries can allegedly still be heard to this day. Another familiar story is that a bus or a van full of children drove off a bridge killing everyone inside. If you put your car in neutral while on the bridge, invisible hands are said to push you safely to the other side. These legends are associated with steel graffiti covered bridges in rural Warren County. One tale in particular to this location involves a speeding car full of impetus youth who struck and killed a fisherman as he cast a line into the creek. Several people have also heard a baby crying near this bridge. So we all got to this bridge somewhere around 3 in the morning, and it is exactly what you'd expect. It's dark, it's quiet, and it's creepy. Like the story goes, a steel bridge with a creek running under it. But with all of us there, we found something there. So I get out one of our new spirit boxes to communicate with the spirit we all felt on that bridge. As we attempted to talk with the spirits, we kept seeing shadows and hearing footsteps on both sides of the creek. At this point, we were getting very freaked out. Sometime around 4 in the morning, there was one thing that happened that I will never forget for as long as I'm on this earth. We were sitting in the middle of the bridge, my truck running with the lights on to keep the area lit around us. We were almost done with the session when we heard a loud splash noise out of nowhere, as if something had just jumped into the water below us. The source was on the right side of the bridge, and it went along with their legend of a body of a car falling into the water. We were so scared that we scrambled into the truck and booked it out of there. We have not returned to that bridge since that day due to how scary and close that noise was and how interactive the experience was altogether. That's my story. I know it's short, and thank you for your time. I know it could have been some sort of fish or anything like that splashing, but the timing just made it all that much more creepier. Never Play with a Ouija Board by Caesar R. When I was 15 years old, some childhood friends and I were fascinated with paranormal things like ghosts, private base phenomena such as UFOs, etc. So we would sometimes venture out to such places and try to encounter something of our own. We discussed the mid to late 90s when intelligent phones did not exist, but digital gadgets were on the cusp of breakthroughs. Anyways, one day, a friend and I, during summer vacation, decided to get a Ouija board and go to another best friend's house and play with it. 
Everything went according to plan. In the morning we met up, obtained a Ouija board from a local supermarket, and went to our friend's house in the neighborhood we all grew up in. We gathered in his bedroom, turned the lights off, lit some candles, and began asking questions. It did move slightly, but we never got any full-on encounter or experience. So we said whatever, gave up, and continued our day of hanging out and enjoying each other's company during the summer vacation. We did typical teenage summer vacation fun stuff. This is where things honestly began to get weird. Around a week or so later, I was at my house, lying on my bed in my bedroom, sometime around 8pm. I was lying down, relaxing, listening to music, when suddenly, I began to hear footsteps up my bedroom wall, outside of the house and across the roof quite quickly. Now my bed is against the wall, and I listened to the footsteps run up the same wall outside of where my bed was. It sounded like a child dashing. The length and span of each foot sounded like it was something that was small and bipedal, but incredibly fast. I was then quite surprised and didn't know what to do. I then went to the kitchen where my mom was washing the dishes at the time and I asked if my stepdad was on the roof doing some maintenance or something. My mom was surprised at the question and said, no, he's not up on the roof. I then returned to my room and thought about it for some time. Eventually, I did forget about it falling asleep. But after thinking about it for some time, I do recall that later that night when everyone was asleep and I had woken up late in the night, I would suddenly feel fear out of nowhere in my room and suddenly would have sleep paralysis. It was crazy because when I felt the fear, it felt like a super fast rush of wind would race towards me and my body would go numb and paralyzed. My eyes rolled back sometimes, and it was always a level of fear and rage that I could not describe in human words. I honestly thought I might be having seizures for some time, but after visiting the doctor and not getting diagnosed with anything and all my levels seeming normal, it just, it just made no sense. Such incidents would begin to happen about once a week and evolve to two to three times a week for about four years throughout my high school days. Then it got to a point to where one night I sensed the same fear enter my room while my whole family was asleep in their own respective rooms. Again, it felt like something rushed me and entered my body. First my body arched and I levitated to the ceiling where my nose almost touched the top. Then my body slowly returned to the bed. I remember feeling everything and being able to see even through my eyes, even though they were rolled back into my sockets. I could handle the bed sheets over my body hanging, and I could see how I was levitating nearer and nearer to the ceiling, but eventually, like I said, I would end up back down. I know these experiences probably sound batshit insane. There was another incident where the same thing did occur. While I was paralyzed in such a state, I remember using all my force and energy, moving my head toward the door of my bedroom, because while I was paralyzed, it was super, super hard to move any body part, even my eyes. I couldn't move my mouth to scream, nothing. After looking at the bedroom door, I somehow mustered up the energy and motivation to be able to run and escape the horrifying experiences that I have continuously had to suffer through. I tried leaping off the bed to run for the door, and what I'm about to describe is absolutely unbelievable, but I am speaking from first-hand experience. My inner self, my soul or spirit literally jumped out of my body. I hit the floor and started crawling as much as I could. I tried to get to the door. I tried to reach for the doorknob, but when I looked back to the bed, I saw my body, paralyzed with my eyes rolling around. I couldn't believe it. 
Then, all of a sudden, my soul and spirit rushed back to my body and the entity left. The word terrifying does not begin to even describe what one feels in such an experience. I had an out-of-body astral projection type thing happen, but all I was trying to do was run away. Honestly, I, I don't even know how to really go on from here or to explain how I ever got over this. All I can tell you is, on other nights, my mom, stepdad, and siblings would go grocery shopping at night. I would stay home, watching TV, and at the same time in the living room, I would hear about 15 to 20 feet away, something trying to get into the house, always jiggling the doorknobs, regardless if they were locked or not, but they would never come in. Sometimes I would feel a presence in the back of the house, but I never did dare to investigate. I learned my lesson. When these things were happening... Every time I laid down in my bed sideways at night with my back facing the room and my face towards the wall, I would always hear people whispering in the room right behind me. When I turned around to see who was there, it would always dissipate, and the whispering would stop. I don't know what more to say other than thankfully years have passed and I am now a full-grown man, and those experiences and entities have dwindled. They still happen from time to time, but nowhere near as much. I started going to church, and luckily it slowly seems to have faded away. So to conclude, my advice, never dabble with a Ouija board. Scary Poltergeist Experiences by Reggie420 I never believed in ghosts or the paranormal until I moved into my new home. The moment I stepped foot into that place, I felt a chill just run down my spine. The previous owners had done a lot of renovations, but something just honestly didn't feel right. It was when I started the upgrades myself that things began to truly get weird. At first, it was just small things. Doors creaking open on their own, lights flickering, and strange noises coming from the walls. I tried to ignore it the best I could, telling myself it was just my imagination playing tricks on me but then things began to get so much worse. One night, I was woken up by a loud banging on my bedroom door. I thought it was just some sort of burglar or a prankster, so I got out of bed and opened the door, and nobody was there at all. I searched the entire house, and there was no sign of anyone. That's when I installed security cameras for obvious reasons. You always want to feel safe in your own home. The next day, I started to notice that things were moving on their own. Objects would fly across the room, cabinets would open and slam shut, the TV would turn on without any explanation, even when they were unplugged. It was clear that something was haunting my home, but what terrified me was how angry the poltergeist seemed. It wasn't just moving objects around, but throwing them with incredible force. Objects would fly off a shelf and hit the opposite wall, leaving a major indentation, it was entirely clear that there was something wrong and it was very angry. I would hear things crashing against the walls, windows, and I could even feel the house shake at times. I tried everything to get rid of this poltergeist. I called in a priest, paranormal investigators, even a shaman, but nothing worked. The poltergeist was too strong and far too angry. When I started researching the house's story, I found out what had actually happened years ago. It turns out that the previous owners had a daughter who died in the home, and they had covered up her death. The poltergeist was likely her and her spirit, and she was furious. I tried making amends, leaving offerings, and trying to communicate with her, but it was useless. 
The poltergeist was too angry, too powerful, and ultimately I had no choice but to leave the house and let the angry ghost have it to herself. I never returned there, but I could still hear the poltergeist angry screams in my nightmares, seeing the objects being thrown, and every so often I swear I might have a little PTSD because I can feel my house shaking, but that could just be me tripping out. Anyways, thank you for sharing my story, Swamp Dweller. I know it might not be that long, but poltergeists are some serious, spooky stuff. I get heebie-jeebies just hearing the word poltergeist, and I don't want anybody to ever have to go through that. Haunted Asian Graveyard by Echo66 Hello there. I've listened to everything you do on YouTube and decided to submit this story, which happened to me. There is this fantastic beach, very remote that I had explored several times alone, and told my girlfriend Christine about it one day, and she decided she wanted to check it out. So, of course, I obliged and took her there. The beach was below a high cliff, and this abandoned Chinese graveyard was the only place to park our truck. I never understood why there was a graveyard way out there, because it wasn't near any of the towns, and there were no signs of any ghost town or human habitation anywhere around here. Those deceased that had loved ones had their remains exhumed and had their remains put into a newer cemetery in the city, so there were many open graves and the rest of them were still intact to the best of my knowledge. I was pretty excited to show Christine this beach. I loved this beach so much and we had brought a picnic lunch and a cooler full of beer. So I pulled up into the graveyard and said let's go, but she refused to get out of the truck. I gave her a minute but she just wouldn't move. I asked her what was up and why she was acting this way. She said there was something there. I always knew she had a bit of a sixth sense about her, but I had been to this place many times without any problems. So I leave my truck, go to her side, and try to see what she's looking at to try to get an idea of why she's spooked. Just outside her door is an open grave with a top lid of a washing machine covering it. I lift the lid and right then and there is a dead body in the grave. And it's fresh. Not a body that's been buried in the graveyard, because this is an ancient, old, abandoned graveyard that hasn't had a new grave in several decades. I honestly freaked out like any normal person would and drove out of there. I was scared because we were witnesses to something that we were not supposed to see and we had no idea if that person, perpetrator, or group of perpetrators were even around still. We eventually got to a place where we felt more comfortable we talked to one of our family members, and then they said that we need to report this. So, of course, that's what we did. Once we got home after all of this, we decided to check the local newspapers and news every single day that week to see if we could see anything about it, if there were any updates, if they knew anything. And there was a report about a week later in the newspaper. So, the official story goes like this. A man found out his cousin was cheating on his wife. So he invited him to come out to the sugarcane field that's not very far from that little cemetery we talked about. They were apparently going to smoke some ice, quote-unquote. Apparently, sometime within that whole time span, he apparently killed the man and put him in that grave. And obviously, we eventually found him a day or so later. And that's that. I always end up thinking about this story, and I've contemplated sharing it for a long time, and I'm glad I finally did.
Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true and unexplainable horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or on reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. There's also an email you can submit your stories to in the description down below. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to elbow that like button in the face to break its nose. Be sure to subscribe if you're new. It helps us out a ton. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please give us a five-star rating over there as it helps us grow on those platforms. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium and still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you made it to the end, I would love to know what your favorite story was tonight. It helps me pick out better stories for the future. If you made it to the end, don't forget to comment the code word, Swimming Turtle, to confuse anybody who doesn't make it to the end. And it's also funny just to see the funny comments you guys come up with these code words. I really appreciate you guys supporting the swamp the way you do. I couldn't do this on a daily basis without you all. I'm going to have a lot of really cool content coming up this week. I think you guys are going to enjoy the stories that have been submitted. And as always, I'll see you soon with another creepy episode.